Ponderings from the Perch, the Little Bird Marketing Company podcast, the modern podcast for the modern entrepreneur. My name is Dan Ledbetter, and with me on this amazingly beautiful day is the lovely and talented resident mama bird, CEO, founder, and all-around good person, Priscilla McKinney. Good morning. I like being an all-around good person. Yeah, just all around. <laughs> Thanks. That was a little boost, but you know, it's beautiful out there in Cali, but it is literally raining cats and dogs here. Oh, is it really? Okay, I can't say literally. I hate it when people do that. It's I, really I, not I, literally. I, I, it is figuratively yeah. <laughs> raining cats and dogs here. <laughs> yes. What, what's that old joke? Uh, it's raining cats and dogs. How do I know I stepped in a poodle? Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. As we say in the business. <laughs> what business? Exactly? I know that. You know what? It's so funny. That's that's a catchphrase that I picked up somewhere and I started using it just in my everyday language when I'm at Starbucks and they'll hand me my change back and I'll say, thank you, as we say in the business. Well, that is just furthers my concept that you truly are a celebrity, an unknown celebrity. Uh, Like you, you have the whole persona down and you're like, you, everybody wants to be around you. You know, it's like, it's like, uh, you, I I get surprised that you don't have paparazzi, honestly. (laughs) I I should probably just go hire some. Oh my God. Would that not be hilarious? Well, you could pull it off. Honestly, you could totally pull it off. Honestly, I, I think I need to be a celebrity. I really do because, um, well, I need the money. Right. <laughs> Checkbook sounds great. Yeah, exactly. Well, one of my favorite ones is uh, your friend and mine, Chris Halawati, always says, in accordance with the prophecy. <laughs> so you know, you're like, it's like, oh, I just stepped in a poodle. Yes. You know, that's the say in the business. But Chris Halawati would say, oh, I just stepped in a poodle in accordance with the prophecy. Prophecy. <laughs> I found that's actually a good phrase to get you out of jury duty as well. Oh, I don't know. I, I'm totally going to use that more, though, now that I've recalled it in accordance with the prophecy. I, I think that should be that should be like our little game. We should uh, you should have to fit that in at least one sentence every day. Oh, my gosh. OK, I'm in. All right. Because life's too short to do most of the stuff on my list. I'd rather do that. Yeah. <laughs> no, right. Oh, my God. oh man. Well, uh, speaking of in the business, how is business? Uh, business is great. Business yeah. is really great. But I think even more, I think now is such an interesting time to be marketing. So not only is our business great, but I feel like the industry is great. Like it's, we're finally asking like really the right, right questions. And I feel like it's, I just, I think it's a good time to be in marketing, honestly. Really? Yeah. I just. You know, I, I guess people, the only other thing people have in their mind is like, you know, Mad Men type of thing. Sure. Free martini lunch and the pitch that goes on with the designers for the, the what would you call that? Like a moody artist. Who, oh, right, right. Yeah, you know, the, the, insisting. Uh, the uh, tortured artist. Exactly, exactly. Insisting on their way. And, and these these massive, even when I entered the business, even just a decade ago, people were still spending Massive amounts of money to pitch for a business. And, and that happens at large scale. Of course, that right. happens at large scale, but it had trickled down into a mentality into small shops like my own that you go out and you're spending, you know, ten, twenty thousand dollars putting together a pitch to win this big campaign. I'm not saying that that's not right, but to me, it we're moving away from that. And certainly a lot of agencies that are on the small to medium sides have completely abandoned that. I, I can understand that in some cases when you're wooing like 
a Procter and Gamble or mm-hmm. or like uh, Kaiser Permanente or or something something on that scale where you really do need to bring out the whole dog and pony show. But I mean, I, I can see where that train of thought trickled down from. You know, it's almost like oh wow, they set the standard by doing this. I guess I have to do that for Bob's uh, mower repair shop. Right, right, and it trickled down into places where it just wasn't appropriate. That's you're right with that. And the other thing is, is that companies have, agencies have a significant portfolio to share from. And so that should speak for their work. And Mm. reading a great white paper about how you helped a client and what the results were, that should really help someone take the next step. And I think it always is trying to shore a bet. It's like you have to bet on an agency and also an agency has to bet on you and not having that conversation, I think is not helpful because at some point it does come down to trust. I could pitch you something amazing in a meeting, but I don't follow through and deliver it. You Mm. know, so how is that? You're at some point, you're just going to have to trust us. Now, obviously you want a great idea. And I think pitching, so I I love the pitch personally. I love putting new ideas together. We do spend time on it, but gone are the days, at least this agency where, and, and, and I think truly up even further than you would imagine where people feel the need to completely render and mock up excessive work before they have, a, you know, an actual promised contract. Uh, did you guys used to do that, though? Well, we did. I mean, on on our own scale. And right. I put a kibosh on that pretty early. And instead, I took the route of doing things for less money that was better work. Mm. So that I could build my portfolio. So I remember saying yes to some things that were like, oh, this, how are we going to squeak this budget through? But I took it because I knew it would look amazing in my portfolio. And now I don't have to go after portfolio building work. Right. Because I have enough. And, but I remember those painful years where I did not have enough. I mean, we just needed the next thing in so that we could show more things that we did. Right. You know? Right. And I definitely, even though I see other agencies who do it, everything that's on our website is work we actually did. Nice. So, yeah, I that that drives me crazy. But I, <laughs> I mean, I don't know how people don't think that's lying. But if you didn't do work for that company, I don't think it should be on your website. Yeah, I thought that's akin to plagiarism, or at least it's akin to like those Sprint commercials where they show uh, a map of the U.S. with all their coverage. And uh-huh. it says, illustration does not depict actual coverage. Okay, then why did you just put exactly. it on the screen? <laughs> exactly. That's also my favorite commercial from the, you know, you don't know Jack software. Oh, Sticky wow. buddy, sticky buddy. It's a stick. It's your friend. And at the very end, it's all stick not included. Stick not included. Exactly. <laughs> It's like, I'm sorry, why are we here? <laughs> I know, but that is that is hilarious marketing, you know, in, and of course that's a parody, but right. it's very close to the truth on, on some level because that's what makes it funny. It's like, you know, it's like people selling, um, oh, what was the one I saw the other day at a novelty shop? It was like... Uh, of course, you, know, you were at a novelty well, shop. Well, yeah, the other I know. <laughs> I, well, that's where I just deposit my checks so I can get clown noses and <laughs> shoes and you know uh, whoopee cushions. Right. Well, they probably enjoy it since the paparazzi follow you in. Well, exactly. It gets them more coverage. <laughs> that's, what, <laughs> that's the way I look at it. But like you know, they sell like uh, a thing, and this is what's so funny. And it's not just limited to novelty shops. I mean, if you go to any trinket store as you're driving across country they always have those wacky little regional specific tchotchkes like the weather rock well yeah like the jackalope exactly (laughs) like a jackalope you got the weather rock 
You know, the, the weather rock. What is that? Oh, tell me you haven't heard about the weather rock. I have not. Oh my the god, weather this rock. is like freaking. You might want to steal this idea and give them out as Christmas gifts. Mm. You basically get a uh, like a rock, a, a, a small rock, tie a string on it, mm-hmm. and you you have it on a plaque that you can hang on a wall. So it's almost like a like a. Uh, hangman's gallows so the rock's dangling from this thing okay got it and it says the weather rock if the rock is wet it's raining if the rock is hot it's sunny (laughs) if you can't see the rock it's foggy (laughs) (laughs) and people sell that for like 10 or 15 bucks and i'm going that is freaking genius that is that is marketing right there because people like you buy that. I know. <laughs> okay, but here's this will tell you something else. I've got younger kids, so I think here's a trend that actually shows kind of in marketing. And I, somebody could totally say they think I'm totally making this up. Sure. But in this era, the last eight years or so of kids' toys, more often than not, they come with batteries. Yes. Do you remember when it was you always had, you know, it was Christmas morning and there was always batteries were not included in anything. And we joke around all the time, batteries not included, Right. you know, because that became the thing. Well, the thing is, marketing has changed, not because now we're just not putting the batteries in it, because consumers won't tolerate that kind of thing. They don't feel the love when they buy something, bring it home and realize they failed to realize the batteries aren't in it. And companies have gone out and I, I believe it is a trust and a rapport builder that people now the companies actually put batteries in i believe you're right uh, and i i do remember the days of buying something and then being all excited as a kid and getting home and taking it out of the box and what was it i bought i think i i, I saved up my allowance for like a month and a half to buy uh major matt mason mattel's man in space i don't know if you ever oh heard my that. gosh no no uh, no look it up on the web well he had a baby this, boomer thing i can he, tell he had this like 12 inch tall alien friend who had like a ray gun and flashing lights and all that and i was so excited because i bought it <laughs> of I course he it, had a ray gun I know, it was the right? 60s. it is the 60s <laughs> and i got home and there were no batteries and i was like all bummed and we didn't have any in the house and it was like i had to wait another three or four days until my folks went to the store to pick up something they brought me back batteries but right I think you're absolutely right. I think that there has been a level of expectation from the consumer mm-hmm. to supply a complete item. Right. I think I think that's oh, yeah. true. Think yeah, and true. I think that's that's basically where, you know, what I love about where marketing is at right now is that it is, in my opinion, now directed by people's behavior more than it ever was. Yes. Before they were telling us what to do and what to buy and what to drink. I remember this one Dilbert comment. Uh, comic that uh, ended with, you know, well, what are you going to do this week? And what, are, you know, so like, and then he says at the end, well, I hope the beer companies will let me have some, let me, you know, have a good time or something <laughs> like that. And I was just like, oh my gosh, it's such a testament to like, hey, it's Miller time or, or right. you, know, you deserve a, you know, whatever it is. And this idea is like, well, I hope that it comes down from on high and these large corporations, please tell me how to live my life. Right, exactly, exactly. You know? But that's really where we're at, you know, I, and I hear it all the time. People are concerned that they don't don't know if some of the things that are happening are fads or are these just buzzwords people are kicking around because they feel a little loftier using right. them or what things are a fad, what things are a trend and you know what's the difference between those two and then you throw social media in the mix and literally you know clients come to me and they're they're confused. They need some direction. But I'll back up to kind of tell you what I think is the difference between the fad and a trend. Oh, that's a good that's a great uh, distinction. 
It, it is, and it is really important in in marketing because um, fads obviously have a big, you know, build up. So it, it has a trend to it, right? It trends up, trends, trends, trends up, and then it trends down. Right. And, go. and with a trend, you know, I'm really talking about just that part where it trended up. The question is, is it sustainable? Is it a trend that then it went on? Like, for example, I'll, I'll break it down and make it so, you know, we're talking the same language here. Okay. Peach was a fad. Peach. You're not aware of peach. Appar- <laughs> so, apparently I missed that one. My point that it's a fad. It's like a Snapchat. Oh, right? really? So it came up, it went down, right? So it did have its trend, but it came down. So therefore it's a fad. But YouTube definitely had a big trend. Yes. Right? But it's here to stay. Right. And it's constantly morphing itself in different ways. It has private accounts. It has public accounts. It has businesses they're using. It has, has advertising. It's just there's so much to it. But is it a trend? Yes, it what it had a trend. But what I think what people mean when they say, oh, is this a trend? I think they mean, is it a fad? Is it going away? Oh, gotcha. So I don't like using those words sometimes. And I even feel that sometimes those are buzzwords. And I we have a no buzzword <laughs> agreement around here. Right. You, nobody can use it to hide behind, and we just want to make sure we're talking about the same thing. But the biggest thing that comes up and why I get so excited about where marketing is going is content marketing. And mm. some people call it inbound marketing, and I mean, it's what we do all day long. But I just heard from someone else recently, oh, content marketing, I've heard of it now, but isn't that a fad? Oh, really? You know, and I'm like, I thought to myself, that's so interesting. Why do they think that's a fad? And I had, I really sat and thought about it because why would they be asking that? It's because they've asked themselves that about so many other things. It's basically right. fad. Right. Oh my gosh. I just did a post a while back on Facebook. Like if I hear that Facebook is going away oh, good <laughs> again <Lord>. this week. <laughs> yes. Have we learned nothing about the resilience of Facebook? <laughs> well, it makes for, you know, it's sensationalistic headlines. Exactly, and, exactly. And then people are like, oh, social media is a fad. I'm like, okay. That's kind of my big joke. I say a lot of times, you're totally right. Social media is going to go away just as soon as humans stop being social. Right. It, it will die. <laughs> yes. Right along with the human race. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I kind of joked around about Telegraph was social media. Yeah. It's oh, not yeah, you're right. Sophisticated. We, what we call social media is just n- new channels and new things. And so the question is not, is social media a fad? No. It, but are there channels that are going to be our fads and are going to be fads? Or are there ones that are going to trend, have their trend, and they're going to find a way to be sustainable? Yes. And what I think what they're getting at is that they're trying to figure out, should I get on this bus? Mm, gotcha. And that's what company owners and marketers are asking, you know, Priscilla, should we get on the Snapchat bus? Should we get on the Instagram bus? Should we get on Pinterest bus? I mean, whatever it is. And I, I, I try and be really patient in that moment because I understand where it's the frustration. But I try and kind of go back a little bit more to the frustration as opposed to talking about Pinterest and um, Instagram or Snapchat or those kinds of things, because that's right. not the issue. Right, exactly, exactly. And, and I get, think people look at that and say, this is the mountain I have to climb, when that's actually not even it. That's not. That's exactly what I'm saying. So if we could just stop talking about the the distribution channel and get back to the actual issue, which is the content. Well, do you think that it's it's almost like a level of comfort for the client coming in because they can't really put their finger on the content. So it's, it's, they'd rather look at the, 
the uh, thing, like the Pinterest. Yeah, or, yeah. I think it, it's like a shiny thing, and I think it's it's more like let's dive in, let's go in there without stopping and asking ourselves the questions why we're going in. But really, I think it's because of what I've already mentioned that. I don't think they realize the shift that has taken place in marketing, which is that it is directed by people's behavior now. Um. I don't think they've started that conversation, and that's the conversation we try and start. I mean, just I, I, I just bring them a couple of things just off the top of my head. Um, you know, we are not all sitting around TV trays watching primetime TV as a family, right? Right. Uh, we also, I think of it with your Circa Ray gun. That's the era, you know, you, you lived through that era. But I'm going to tell you a story. Five years ago, I had just started out. I'd been in business with marketing maybe a year. And I went to lunch. One of the, this is so funny, even telling the story tells you something. The local TV station general manager and his sales manager took me right. to lunch. So I'm at this lunch and you know, of course they're trying to sell me TV and make sure that I'm going to buy big contracts for TV advertising for my clients. And I was such a thorn in their side. And since then we, I've become good friends with these people, but it was a very tumultuous relationship to begin with because I'm sitting at lunch. They're buying my lunch because that's old school right, you know, media right. buying, pad the agency and, you know, make them push your product right. and you get a nice agency discount. And I was so bucking that system and I just told him at, at lunch, I'm like, you know what? I've, I've never owned a TV. <laughs> and they were just like, oh, well, you know, you're just a, you know, an outlier and blah, blah. I'm like, no, I think I'm going to be having followers someday soon. And this is, it's kind of two issues and I'm not trying to make something else of it because I didn't have TV in college mainly because I couldn't afford one. <laughs> so I probably would have loved to have TV. But right. you know, it's funny. I made a decision um, early in my adulthood when I was out on my own to not have TV because I actually really liked TV and I would waste a lot of time right. on TV as a kid. And I perceive, I'm like, I used to watch sitcoms and I, and I like, I like it. I'd go over to other people's houses and we'd watch the movie or watch, you know, TV or whatever. It's not that I didn't like it or had a problem with it. It's that I knew that wasn't good for me. So I made that decision. And then sure. when I met Steve, it, he didn't have a TV and never had owned one as a young adult either and had no interest. I'm like, Oh, I like this guy. <laughs> you know? So we and we were just joking. Actually, last night, our head hit the pillow. We were talking about apartments that we owned or a condo or old houses or stuff like that. I'm like, right. well, what do you remember? And I'm like, one of those things is I remember that we spent almost all of our lives reading. Now we have three kids, so we barely get to read, right? Yes. Or if you do, it's the side of a cereal box. <laughs> right. Or at the pool and they're all doing something else. Right. right. But we were just talking about that. Well, back to this lunch, I said that and they were like, oh, well, this is you know, you're just kind of a crazy person. You're a kind of an outlier. And they were complimentary of it, but whatever. They're like, that's not the norm. Norm is everybody's watching TV. I'm like, okay, I'm just telling you that something is coming. And then eventually, you know, we actually, I, then I did buy a TV. And what I mean by a TV is I bought the TV monitor once they came to the point where then you could plug in the Roku. Oh, right. And now I could watch on demand. Right. right? So, I, so I say I don't, I've never owned a TV. Yes, there's two TVs hanging in my house right now, you know, and, and, but they're both hooked up to a Roku. Right. So I can stream Amazon. It's not that we don't watch stuff. It's not that we don't consume the actual uh, shows. It's that I don't watch ad, ads. Right. I never have. 
Right. And even my Hulu account, I have Hulu, I pay the extra as as my son Beck always high fives me. Mom, best four dollars you spent. <laughs> Every time it goes like it's going to go to a commercial break, and then it doesn't, it goes right back to your show. Right. He just high fives me, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this kid totally gets it. I spent four extra dollars on my monthly subscription, so I don't have to watch commercials. And now here's the irony: I run a marketing agency. I know that's what I that's what I think is so interesting. In this conversation, I was sitting there going, "Wow, how how interesting that she is actively avoiding the the commercial aspect right. of your listening, like people who are on Pandora or Spotify, Spotify. right? Like I pay I pay ten bucks a month, so right. I can just listen to it without ads. And I don't want to tell you what I pay for my Sirius XM radio. <laughs> that's I know, what's my that's, car. You that's know? like crazy. That yeah. Is like um, crazy. But th- yes, I have been actively avoiding it. And why have I been actively avoiding it? Not because I, I think TV is a waste or that I love those shows. I mean, there's certain shows I absolutely love. Oh yeah. You know, but I'm not willing to watch someone else's ads in, in exchange for my life. Right. <laughs> and right. that is, uh, you know, people would say, well, that, that seemed weird. That I'm not joking. I mean, people thought I was the craziest person years ago. Now it's like, everybody's like, yeah, I don't have one either. Oh, yeah. We haven't had cable for a year. You know, this is now totally normal. Right. And, but I, they failed to listen to that warning and they're like, oh no, that's never going to happen. Everybody's not going to adopt what you're doing. And I'm like, mm, okay, but it's the on demand world. And if they're not paying attention to that, they're making the wrong, you know, asking the wrong questions and then making the wrong decisions. But even look at magazine usage. What, what do you subscribe to that isn't online? And I get it on my iPad. Right. It has tablet version to it. Do you sit and read a newspaper in the morning? No. Okay. I, don't. I, I mean, I mean, actually, that's what's so sad is I used to get up early, have my coffee, and watch uh, watch the morning news on TV. Uh-huh. And then because uh, when I started working more online, I noticed I would get my coffee, I'd sit down at the computer, and then I'd breeze through like Yahoo or MSN just right. to catch some headlines. Right. So you are consuming what you want to consume, when you want to consume, where you want to consume it. And yes. that is a BYOD world. Bring your own device. Right. Just, you know, to kind of push this a little further in my particular market, we have over 65 radio stations. We're only a town of what, 60,000 at night, quarter of a million during the day. Wow. You know, that seems like a lot of radio stations. That is. <laughs> now, here's here's the one that will really blow your mind. In this region, 86 cable systems. What? Yeah, but see, this is the thing. We don't live in an area that's like populated like yours. So you have little companies who spring up and stuff. So if I want to put my client's ad out on cable, right. I've got to buy it 80 in 86 different places for it to saturate my market. Wow. Right. Okay. Now, the only exception to that is Dish or Direct, which the majority of people buy here. And you can't place local ads on that. You can't? No. Dish or Direct? Mm-mm. Oh wow! That oh yeah yeah you know you're right. I yeah. when I was the marketer yeah. for the motorcycle shop and we were thinking about doing commercial, I went and researched, mm-hmm. you know, uh, buying TV spots, and mm-hmm. it was like I mean they were insanely cheap down here. Mm-hmm. Like I I couldn't even believe it, it was like yeah you could buy uh, a spot on you know uh, whatever uh, HGTV primetime for you know uh, thirty five dollars for right. thirty mm-hmm. seconds. I'm going. Holy crap, let's buy 14 hours in a row. Right. But it, what they failed to tell me was it's like if you want to really get the deal, you have to spread it across multiple regions, 
multiple, all this other stuff. So oh, it was yeah. really a, it was really an interesting learning curve, but good Lord, 80, how many? 85? 86 cable oh, systems. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So we don't buy cable, no. <laughs> really. But that's the kind of thing is that, that we're, it, there, you, you have to understand this idea of content marketing and why it's not a fad by understanding this this whole idea, how things have shifted. Okay. Mm -hmm. So once you understand that, that it's an on-demand world, the second piece is to understand, well, then what are we saying anymore? Because the traditional content was, here's what we do. Features and benefits, one, two, three, and we are this, and we were born and started our company in this year. And, you know, whatever it is, it's like, what we do, what we do, what we do. Then there was a slight shift that it was kind of a nice little thing. I think it's a lot attached to some people blogging and, you know, maybe this thought of maybe some native advertising and things like that. So so companies started telling stories. They started getting a, a persona and a life. Enter Ben and Jerry's, right? Right. It's who right. we are. It's who we are. This is it's you our know, culture. It's our culture. And let's, you know, so that was a great and nice shift. But now this leads to where I feel we're at in content marketing or inbound marketing, whatever you want to call it. At this point, I just call it's called today's marketing. <laughs> is that so, is that what's trending? Uh, no, content oh. marketing is still trending, but it's just like I feel like you should just take it off. It's like there is no other marketing. You know? right, right. But it's it's now how we help. Mm -hmm. So before I, I think this is my opinion, it was what we do. And it was very much shouting at people. Yes, more right. broadcasting. Broadcast, right. Um, and then who we are, and then it was now how we help. And I tell clients all the time, you know, it's just like that old Zig Ziglar push, ABC, ABC, the ABCs of selling, always be closing. Right. right. And we are looking for clients who are interested in ABH, always be helping. Right. How can it become more customer focused? How can it be come serving your actual audience. And the other thing that's like kind of interesting about that is the old marketing model is really dependent on media buys and constant, like addicted to just huge media buys. Right. And now the question is, the clients who come to us, will they exchange that addiction for dependency on media buys from traditional places? Will they just replace it from big media buys on social, um, big, yeah, big buys on social media? Will they just change the, the channel? Right. And that's not what's going to get anybody moved forward. And this now does not necessarily apply just to the big companies, but now this is a reality for small, even startup, entrepreneur, and mid-sized, very successful companies that are mid-sized companies because now the, the uh, barrier to entry is gone. Mm. Almost anybody can set up shop and reach an audience. Guy Kawasaki put it this way. He said, social media is God's gift to entrepreneurs. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, and I think he's absolutely correct, too, because yeah. it allows somebody who maybe has 20 bucks in their pocket to literally set up a shop, like you said, and get exposure like within days. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And so then we have now this direct access to clients, like to people on channels, to Twitter. You know, now you get on, just get on the Twitter bus and get in feeds. But I guess the question is, what are we going to do with that access? Right. Are we going to act like it's the same still old world and be like, this is what we do, this is what we do, this is what we do, or this is who we are. Well, how about you help? Right. <laughs> help the consumer. And the other thing, I'm going to bring up a separate issue, but I, and that is, that when you move over to another distribution channel, you are still on leased land. Oh, tell you're, me more. You're still renting that space. You don't own that space. Facebook could close up tomorrow. So mm -hmm. if your entire marketing 
is based and sitting on the reach and the amazing results you're getting on Facebook, what happens if Facebook packs up tomorrow? Mm. Now, obviously, it's not going to pack up tomorrow. That's (laughs) sensationalism. But are you paying attention? It's going to change. And are you working a system to where you can actually own your audience and own your channel? And I think that is the biggest difference with content marketing and truly getting smart with with uh, content marketing is to truly see the distribution channels as distribution channels, not where your marketing rests. And what we do is ask clients to take the long view and come around to the idea of beginning to own the access to your audience mm. and quit renting it from someone else, whether it be a TV conglomerate, which I don't think is the evil empire. (laughs) Uh, I I buy TV for a lot of clients. I just want to know why we're buying it. Right. Uh, Or whether you're putting it on social media, just because it's a little more trendy and trending doesn't mean it's still a good long-term move. Right. You're still, whether you're, you're on Twitter or whether you're on Facebook, Vine, whatever you're still operating on leased land. Right. Well, now, how much of this do you think is relevant for, like, let's let's say I'm a business owner, right? And I've, I've decided, look, I really want to hit social media hard because it's it's been proven for me in the past. And like you said, it could, theoretically, it could close up tomorrow. Mm-hmm. How much vision forecasting do you think uh, a company should be doing, like looking out there and saying, here's something that's that I don't know if it's going to land, but it's up and coming. Like, all right, like, let's just throw it out there, like, say, Google Plus or what's that one social media site that's still kind of out there, but nobody knows why, called Ello. Have you seen that? Oh, uh-huh. Yeah. yeah it's like uh, there was some buzz about it, and it kind of was trending for a right. little while, but it really hasn't done anything. But if I'm an entrepreneur and I'm trying to maximize – the value and see what's next, like Mm -hmm. rather than be behind the curve, be either on the, uh, the break of the curve or ahead Mm -hmm. of the curve. Mm -hmm. Like what, how, how much time and energy do you think that someone should spend looking forward rather than what needs to be done now? Gosh, that's a great question. Okay. First of all, my gut answer is let the expert decide what's coming forward. I mean, I, I think it's unrealistic for a business owner who's running a business. Okay. So they're selling shoes or, you know, uh, or working on a, getting a patent for a product they have, those kinds of things. That's where I feel leave it to the marketers. Let us tell you what's trending and what mm. we think is going to stay. But that's fine. You know, I, I don't think everybody's going to do that no matter how much I say it. Sure. Uh, but here's the thing. I think you need to engage with a marketing company who is not that interested in, I'm not saying that is not interested, but is not that interested with the distribution channel and far more interested on what the hell are you doing on that on that channel. Oh, interesting. What is the goal? And so I would go back first to my comment about being on leased land and having a focus on owning your audience. And so one of the things I wish I could do and wave a magic wand and change about my business, I wish on day one, I was far more focused on building my list. 
Hmm. Because that list of people who are truly engaged with me, I did something to merit, um, you know, their engagement. Right. right. Um, and so, you know, building that list, but I, I did it willy nilly. And I believe strongly that that has to be a day one effort, right? Hmm. And I believe the winners are going to be the, the businesses who care less about their product and more about how their product helps their audience. And that requires them to know their audience. Right. And so before we even talk about distribution channels or what's trending or what, what we should be on, um, I think we need to talk about, but who are your people? Right. Because well, with the be, uh, bring your own device world, those people's eyeballs are in different places. And hmm. we need to figure out where the, I don't, people say, Hey, should I be on Pinterest? I'm like, I don't have enough information to make this decision. Right. <laughs> you know, they want to know it based on, I want to get on the bandwagon. That's the, that's where, that's where owners are confused. This, you know, it's not that marketing companies are better and quicker at getting on your bandwagons. We shouldn't be. We should be about saying, that's not your bandwagon. Let's wait for a minute. The next train is coming. That's going to be yours. Oh, gotcha. And saying, because we're not making the decision based on what's trending. We should know what's trending, but we don't make the decision on that. We make the decision based on where their ideal client is living and connecting and what they find meaningful. Right. So I have clients who all of their, you know, we put something on Twitter and we'll put the same thing on Facebook. And I mean, Twitter blows up, you know, and mm. Facebook is like, wah, wah, wah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because their people aren't on Facebook, you know, now do I continue to post some of those things to Facebook? Yes. And that's because I have a strategy about content and search engine optimization. And I want to use those keywords on their Facebook page because Facebook is a high ranking Google page. Mm -hmm. So therefore I'm putting, so I have a reason of why I'm doing that, but I'm under no delusion that people are going to inter interact and, and engage on Facebook for that particular client. I have a lot of clients that are B2B. So I'm really looking to put my best out in LinkedIn. And to become an influencer with their company pages and their own executive pages, you know, posting right. great blogs for their executives and things like that so that people truly see them and, uh, and on a platform of, with their expertise. Mm. So uh, to me, yes, your marketing firm should be able to tell you what's trending and, oh, yeah, this is super fun and Snapchat's awesome. I personally right now do not have a client that Snapchat would be good for. Right. So is there tons of opportunity right now in Snapchat for really great interaction and, and consumer engagement. Yes. And I would love to have a client that we could go into that with, but I am not going to suggest it because it's the new and crazy thing. Right. We're not doing it because it does not, it is not good for any of my current clients. Right. It doesn't None make of them sense. It makes no sense for them. And, you know, I could tomorrow have a client walk in and be like, Oh my gosh, the, their user is on Snapchat. We got to do it. Right. You know, so that's really the issue. And so then I come back to an even deeper issue is to ask, you know, business owners, but what do you own? Do mm. you own your audience? You know, you don't own your your TV spot out there. Once you pay for it, it's gone. Right. And you don't own that. You don't own their audience. Now, the TV station has email addresses because they run contests all the time, right? Sure. So they do have access. They do own a lot of their audience. How do I tap into own getting a piece of their audience? That would be a good question is why I do promotions with TV stations more often than I just put big budget of money, money, money behind it. But I, so I go back to the question, what do you actually own? 
you would own your own list. But let's kind of back up a little bit. The other thing is that you own your content or your expertise. And so I ask people, what are you doing with that? You know, is do you have a strategy to actually use your expertise and your content to actually build your list? Now, content also works double time for you because if you have a great website and, and all of the content and your blogs and your expertise or, you know, your free eBooks or, right. you know, any of your guides or anything like that, it's also helping your search engine optimization and you own that. Right. Nobody else owns your website. You own your website, which another is a side point is a big deal of why I, refuse to do things old school web designer way where they basically locked people businesses out of their website and had to come running back to them every time they wanted to change something. We do not build a website where the client at the end does not know exactly how to get into everything and it is able to change anything they want and they are never beholden to us. If they don't want to talk to us another day after we're done building their website, they hold the keys to the kingdom of right. everything. They right. own it. And that idea that some marketing firm out there owns your website and I have to call them to get access and when they want to, you know, when I want to make a change, they charge me 150 and I have to do a work order and but oh my God, Seriously, right. who is putting up with that? That should be something you own, you know. So I, I ask clients, what do you own? You own your website, the content that's on there. And then, you know, I think in we take the next step of actually building your, your marketing platform. And I think there are a lot of things that are trending in building your marketing platform. But first, before you talk about a marketing platform itself, you have to think about almost kind of uh, philosophically, what is your platform? Like, what sure. do you stand for? Right. As a company. So you have to have that question. And then you need to, there's two ways of looking at platform. Then you really need an actual platform, meaning dashboards. Right. Or, or, you know, what I call the Lord of the Rings aspect and one dashboard to rule them all. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> because a lot of clients are still going out and scheduling. They think it's like very uh, innovative to be scheduling their Facebook things in advance on Facebook. <laughs> like, okay, but then now, now you got to go out to Hootsuite and put the things out on this one. And then they have another piece that is managing, okay, well, you can't do any of those for LinkedIn because LinkedIn doesn't allow a scheduler. So now I got to do this other piece, like, right. oh my gosh. And, and the other thing about, you know, trying to get onto all your different channels differently is that also there's no dashboard that's looking at the metrics, you know, for you and connecting them. Ah. So I think if you want to know what's trending, <laughs> in my opinion, is that, um, you know, the big trend will continue to happen and then I believe it will stay. It is not a fad, is really sophisticated marketing software that you can own. You know, you own it. It's your data and you can look at it. Mm. The, the moment the word data comes out of my mouth, though, I kind of cringe because that is a word that is trending, like big data. We got to know big data, data-driven marketing. Right. Yeah. And I actually cringed when you said it. I'm going, oh, my God, that sounds complicated. Oh, yeah. And here's here's my thing. And I even have a, a competitor who talks about data, data, data. I mean, literally, I'm just like, guys, come on. Data means nothing if you don't know how to make sense of it. If you can't gain insights from what is happening, if you can't, like, actually understand the reports and, and you know, they're pointless. And I do think what what is a fad is gathering big mounds of data and focusing mm -hmm. on the, you know, this kind of thing. I do think that's a fad that came big data. I, I do think that's going to wait. Now, right. is that helpful for Coca-Cola? Absolutely. Sure. You know, is that helpful for a, you know, a $5 million business, uh, sm you know, small business? 
No. Yeah. It's not. They need to know what their people, what, you know, their audience, where they're at, what channels, why they engage, why did this post do better than another post? Why did we have a spike in, you know, website visitors on May 22nd? Let's go look what happened May 22nd. Okay. This is the post we made. Okay. What happened on May 30th? We had another spike. Okay. What did we do that day? That was really good. Okay. Let's learn from that. And so I believe, you know, bigger than trending with big data is meaningful data. Yes, exactly. Because you can have a ton of data and like, what good does it do me other than be a big, huge stack of papers on my desk? Right, exactly. So I, I'm, you know, that that's what I, I would, you know, sum it up to be is that people need to be able to own their own stuff mm. and go on a channel, be on Facebook, be on LinkedIn, be on whatever, but understand that those are only a distribution channel for what you truly stand for, your actual content. Right. And, the, oh my gosh, the last point I'd say about that is please don't be on a channel if you're not monitoring it. <laughs> <laughs> I Yes, that's a, that is such a great, oh my gosh, you just touched on a nerve for me because mm. I, all right. Well, a very short story. So back when I first started blogging, like mm-hmm. kind of blogging, I was on this thing called Zanga. Do you remember Zanga? Yeah. Uh-huh. I actually can kind of see the word mark in my, yes, my head. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I, I plunked down a hundred bucks for a lifetime subscription to Zanga. Mm-hmm. And this was way back, like back when I was still using America Online as my primary. Oh my uh, gosh. Hold dude, on. I know. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Well, yes, there was that too, but I digress. So I got my Zanga account and I was all excited. And then, you know, uh, I I ended up getting divorced. I moved. So I really didn't follow up on my Zanga for quite a number of years, but I knew I still had my lifetime subscription. So like about two weeks ago, I was like going online doing something and I stumbled across Somebody had a link to their Zanga account. And I said, oh, I've got one of those. I should probably go in and see if, if I'm even still there or how I can get back in and maybe use that as a blogging platform again. So I obviously my email has changed like four times right. since I used it. So I couldn't remember what email I had. And it wouldn't do me any good if I hit forgot password because they'd send it to my old AOL email. So I thought, oh, I'll just go to the help page, click the support uh, email, write them a letter and see what happens. I've been doing that like four times a week for the last five months <laughs> and nobody is responding. I can't get a, I, I got a phone number. I call the phone. Nobody answers. It goes right to voicemail. We'll call you back as soon as we possibly can. And there's nothing. It's like, it's, it's kind of like this ghost, uh, ghost town out there. And that drives me crazy about businesses that don't actually check their emails or take care of their customers. Well, Zynga is dead in accordance with the prophecy. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. They are dead. But I think that's a great point. And, you know, why have a social media channel if you're not going to listen? And I think that goes back to the always be helping. You can't truly help someone if you don't know what they need. And you don't know what they need unless you listen. And so that monitoring aspect is amazing. I I really can't finish what I'm saying without saying that we are obviously – 
huge believers in HubSpot. It took me years. <laughs> I think about, I, I think back sometimes to the conversations, the conference calls we had trying to decide on a platform to use because there are several out there. Right. But I mean, I painstakingly did this because I became HubSpot partner and I believe completely not only in their product, but in their way of thinking in their, I mean, it is so in sync with how we think. Oh, that's interesting. But it, it, to me, it really brought the the Fellowship of the Rings idea is that what we offer to clients is one dashboard to rule them all and really to understand what's going on in your marketing, number one. And number two, to build your own list, your own access that will stay forever to your to your ideal audience so that you are never then beholden to someone else in order to access your audience. Mm. So that is my big, you know, and that's where, that's where we are absolutely different and we are certified partners. We're a high level partner with them. And so we get like a lot of extra love, but they have a great culture and you can always check out HubSpot.com if you're interested in what is that? What is that platform and how does that work? And then go look at some of the stuff that we've done on Little Bird Marketing and let that guide and direct you. But you'll notice that I give a lot of free information out on uh, my website, but in exchange for it, it's very valuable. It's taken us a lot of time to work um, up. And in, in in exchange, if you feel it's valuable enough, you give us your email. That doesn't mean that I come knocking on your door and right, <laughs> hand right. you, but it means that then I get to keep you updated. And, and of course, you can unsubscribe it every time. But this idea that subscribe to our free newsletter. Okay, please don't tell me something's free when really it costs you nothing in the sense that you didn't really work hard on this content. Right. You know, this isn't something that's truly valuable. I have created a lot of resources that I think are honestly incredibly valuable. Um, they're directed by questions I get all the time. Frequently asked questions. What the hell is a hashtag? Okay, great. I wrote a freemium about it to try and help people so they can get a lot of free things from me without ever paying us as an agency. And in exchange, I just ask you to, you know, hey, every once in a while, I'm going to send you here's my latest. And I think that's just a fair exchange. And I think that we need to move out of that marketing concept where it's unfair, where I'm just going to scream at somebody. Right. So, yeah, that's that's why I think it's an exciting time in marketing. Wow, that's amazing. This has been such a great conversation because I think it touches it touches what's on people's minds, but yet it's one of those things that I think they either don't know how to talk about or or they're afraid to talk about it because they're afraid it'll blow their current marketing scheme out of the water. Right. And this has been every, – every single time I sit down with you, I always learn something new, uh, and that's why I love doing this too. <laughs> I, it's hard to get me to stop. We really have to do the podcast. I know. We, we, we can have a – we should just day. do a eight-hour live stream. I love it. Oh, you know, only our moms will watch, but that's fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, boy, they'll be marketing experts by the time <laughs> they're right. Well, Priscilla, thank you so much for taking the time out to go in depth and to talk about this because it's such a relevant to- – such a trending topic that uh, – that, that I think a lot of people really do want to hear about and talk about. So for Ponderings from the Perch, the Little Bird Marketing Company podcast, the modern podcast for the modern entrepreneur, as we say in the business, this has been Dan Ledbetter along with Priscilla McKinney saying have a great day. In accordance with the prophecy. <laughs> <laughs>